Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. This morning, we are going, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to share in the Lord's Table together. And as I mentioned also, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are welcome to share later on the service. Our elders, um, this is the way we do it, our elders will come forward, and after a few uh, words I'll share, uh, they will bring the bread to you first, and you'll just hold the bread, and then we'll eat it together, and then they will bring you the cup, and we will drink that together. And uh, you are welcome to share in this. You don't have to be a member of our church, you have to be a member of the church, the body of Christ. And you are welcome to share in the Lord's table. We gather every week on the first day of the week because it is what? Resurrection Sunday. This is why we gather on the first day of the week. And we've been doing that since the beginning as well, the early church, as they gathered the first day of the week to celebrate. And we believe when they gathered, they shared the Lord's Supper because they probably met at night. It was a work day. First day of the week was a work day. And they probably gathered in the evenings around a common meal and shared the cup and the bread as well. And so we're just thankful to have this tradition. And then afterward today, before I forget, because oftentimes I do, afterward today, whenever we receive communion, if the pastor remembers to tell you, <laughs> we receive what we call a retiring offering. And so in the, in the narthex, there'll be some offering plates out there. And if uh, you'd like to make a gift toward that, uh, that it simply goes to our what we call our benevolent fund. It's our helping fund, and it's just uh, funds that are at the discretion of the elder board and the staff to just help people with various needs that are out of the ordinary. And uh, we use it for all sorts of things, from helping with food, with medical, sometimes with counseling, just helping with bills. It's just different things that we're able to do. We took an uh, offering on Christmas Eve, and, and you gave a very nice offering that we're able to give to Shoreline Community Care which meets in our building twice a week, Tuesday and Thursdays. And they are here on behalf of the churches and the Shoreline community to minister to people that have various needs. Um, and they call and we, they call and make an appointment. They come in and they get counseling, not just gifts. They get counseling and they get encouragement. And if they're open to hearing a faith story, you know, and, and, but they get a gift and no strings attached. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to, it's just here to help our neighborhood. And so it's just a way to reach out with the love of Christ. And some of the people here are those who interview people. And so we support that. If you ever want to make a gift to Shoreline Community Care, you could designate it to them. We'll make sure they get it. Or you could contact them directly. Uh, Mark McDonald, as you hear Mark, Mark is the uh, uh, treasurer. He's on the board of Shoreline Community Care. Uh, Linda's one of those who uh, interviews people. If you have any questions, they would be glad to answer. But uh, this is a great ministry. And so these are the kind of things we like to do as a church. And I want to thank you for your sacrificial giving to the Lord's work, both in this corner and for our mission work. Our brother Nathan Killian's with us here today. He didn't want to be here today. Not that he doesn't like you. He hoped to be in Leavenworth visiting with uh, his in-laws, but uh, he got uh, snow. He, he tried, right? Kind of like trains, planes, and automobiles. Except you didn't get there. Like they, he didn't make it. So he couldn't get across the pass. So he'll be flying to Nebraska this week to visit his family and then back to Thailand to work in Thailand. We're going to begin a new series on Sunday morning, and we'll, we'll just kind of introduce it today, but we like our communion service to really be our focus. It's not an afterthought. We don't like to just throw it on the end of the service. And so um, 
I'm just going to introduce this series and we'll tie it into what we're doing here this morning. But we're going to begin a new series. Uh, the scripture that uh, was read this morning that Lauren read was from first, uh, from second Timothy chapter one. And we're going to begin a series on the epistle of Paul to Timothy, the second epistle to Timothy. And uh, the weeks I'm gone, uh, when others are filling in, they will be continuing to share from this. And uh, we want to cover this entire epistle. It's a very important epistle. And so I invite you to come back and join with us. And if you're ever not able to be here, we do have our sermons on our website. We're also putting up the Sunday night sermons on the names of God, uh, which we began last week, which will also be on our website. Uh, is that there now, Gary? Did we get it up for this? Not yet. Okay, it will be. And uh, so you can tune in to that as well if you would like. As we open God's Word, uh, let's have a word of prayer together. And this is not a throwaway line either. Uh, really, it's our desire when we open God's Word that uh, the Holy Spirit would just open our hearts to His Word this morning. It's His Word. Not mine. It's His Word. And this is the Word I want you to hear today. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Fathers, we are about to uh, continue our worship by considering your word, and then to share in this wonderful time of fellowship around the communion table. Uh, we, we know your Holy Spirit is with us today in our presence, and we, we just ask, Lord, you would uh, illuminate your word to our hearts and our awareness of your presence with us. We thank you for the community of faith. It would be very lonely to have to worship by ourselves every Sunday, but it's so great to come and be with uh, those who wish to come and, and uh, love you and worship you and share because you are such a good God. And you've been so good to all of us. And we just give you thanks this morning and as a humble people. Bless your word now to our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you were, if you had an opportunity to give your final advice um, if you were going to not see somebody ever again, for whatever reason, and this was going to be your parting words and your final advice to them for life, and if they're Christians, for the Christian life, what would you want to tell them? What would you like them to think about when they think about what you would encourage them to do, encourage them to be? What would you think about? What would you share? This is Second Timothy. Second Timothy is Paul's, and, 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 we, and this is pretty much universal agreement in the in theology and the Christian story, that this is Paul's um, final epistle. It's written by somebody, if you look at chapter 4, we'll kind of jump ahead to where we will be eventually. And Paul says in verse 6 of chapter 4, I am already being poured out like a drink offering. This has been the offering in the Old Testament that was offered to God. They brought the blood offerings, but they also brought drink offerings and poured them out as a libation. And he says, this is me. I'm being poured out. The time has come for my departure. He's talking about his death. The word that's used here in the Greek means to unloosen. If you think of a ship being unloosened and set out to sea, he says, it's time. I'm going to leave you, Timothy, and church. It's time for me to leave. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. 
And so Paul, his, his end is imminent. His death will be soon. Although he still asks in verse 9, Timothy, get here quickly if you can. But he knows it's near. I fought the good fight. I finished my race. And it's time. And so what you have here in 2 Timothy is you have basically the last will and testament, if you will, inspired by God of the Apostle Paul to Timothy, but also to the church. And we know that because oftentimes when it's the you, writing to you and things like that is in the plural. And the Greek has a way of being able to do this. And so this is a, this is a letter that yes, it's written to Timothy, but I think the assumption is it's going to be read in the church as well. And so this is a letter to the Christian church, the church, the body of Christ, of which we are a part and why we celebrate communion today. And so just by way of introduction to this epistle, let's look at just the first three verses today. That's all we want to consider today together. Paul, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus. The Apostle Paul, he doesn't have to defend his apostleship. There are some of his epistles where he spends a lot of time having to defend. There are those who are criticizing that he's not really an apostle. At least he's not as good as the rest of the apostles. He wasn't one of the ones who was with Jesus. He's not one of the twelve or the eleven and the one that was added, Matthias, to make the twelve. He really is sort of a later come along. And Paul says, no, I too saw the resurrected Lord. I was specifically called by God. He saw the resurrected Lord on the road to Damascus when he was converted from Saul of Tarsus and he became known as Paul. And he also was given this commission specifically to take the gospel to the Gentile world. He says that. In fact, later on in Galatians, he says, Peter was sent to the uncircumcised, the Jewish world, as I was sent to the Gentile world. That Gentile world included Jews. But Paul came to herald this wonderful message that now we are part of the church, the body of Christ. We are in Jesus Christ. We no longer have to keep the Mosaic law. Yes, there are parts of the Mosaic law that we all adhere to and, 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 and hold up. The Ten Commandments. And there is much. The Bible, Paul says later, and he says here as well in Timothy, all Scripture is for our benefit. It is for our use. And so we learn from the Old Testament, but we are not required to keep the purifications, the rituals. We are saved through simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, through grace alone. And we will study that as well. He is an apostle. The apostle means he is a sent one. He is a sin. Remember, the disciples were originally called the disciples. Those are students, disciples. Rabbis all had disciples. Jesus, as a noted rabbi and teacher, had his learners, his disciples, whom he taught. And the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, it's interesting that even the Lord Jesus Christ uh, says in Matthew that it is enough for a student to be like his teacher. Uh, years ago, there was a, a Christian training, uh, well, Gospel Light Corporation, which produced most of our Christian curriculum uh, for a lot of churches, ICL, International Center for Learning. They had great training seminars for teachers and Sunday school leaders. And one of the verses they always used was an inter- was understanding, so that they, and, and they sort of paraphrased it, a student is fully taught 
when he is like his teacher. Mark teaches guitar lessons, right? That's Mark's uh, profession. He's as well as uh, leading here, of course. He he teaches guitar lessons. What's what's the goal? The goal is eventually for the student to be like Mark. He's trying to share himself. So when a, when a student takes guitar lessons, they're able to be like. How will you know when that person is fully taught? They're fully taught when they can play the guitar without Mark having to say, no, no, that's that, right? They're, you ever had anybody do that? No? Oh, oh, Max. Okay, good. All right, Max. All right. You're like your teacher when you're fully taught. And Jesus was pouring himself into his disciples. And when he left, they became apostles. They were sent out. And the Apostle Paul is an apostle. He is one who is sent on behalf of the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he affirms his calling. He validates that this message is from God. He is God's messenger. This was a specific office and calling, the apostles, that we call this the apostolic era when these people were called and given these gifts of revelation from God and instruction from the church. I am not an apostle. I am a pastor. And we are teachers and we are here to help you understand God's word. We have no new revelation for you. Aren't you glad? Thank you. <laughs> Wouldn't it be terrible for you to come today? And I, if I could say, well, I know God's word says this, but God told me in a dream last night, actually, you all have to dress like me to be a Christian. You all have to go. I'm, I'm the only one wearing a suit today, right, Gary? Me and Gary. Gary's got a suit on today. A few of us here. Um, that's just me, right? That would be terrible. We have no new revelation for you. We have interpretation. We have teaching. We learn together. We instruct. Paul was an apostle. He had revelation from God. So this is a very important letter that Paul writes to Timothy because it is instruction from God through Paul to Timothy, to the local church there, and to the community of Christ even today, two millennium plus later. God's word. It's God's word. As we discussed in our class this morning, God's word is our final authority in all things regarding faith, what we believe, and practice what we do. It's God's word. So Paul says, Timothy, I'm apostle by the will of God. And notice he said, I love this, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ said, I have come that they might have life and have it more what? Abundantly. Abundant life, not just life. And this word here that's used in the Greek for this, it implies more than existence, but life to its fullest, both here and we'll see also in Timothy's epistles, both First and Second Timothy, to the future. Friends, and Paul says in Corinthians, if, if only in this life we have hope, we are of all people most to be pitied. We have two services this week. Tomorrow we'll gather for our dear sister, Doris Myers. Doris Myers, part of our church story from our early days. And then our dear brother Torleff, who, who became part, he and Harry, part of our church family. Dear man, they're both gone now. Paul says, if, if only in this life we have hope, we are the most to be pitied. But that's not true. Christ has become the first fruits of the resurrection. This is Resurrection Sunday. And because of that, we have life abundant here and for all eternity. And Paul says, listen, I am called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by this promise of 
of, of life that I received when I became saved. And I now share with you, and Timothy, you have Timothy, my dear son. And this is all I want to do to introduce this today, is I want you to be thinking about this as we move through this epistle. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 16 just gives us this the short story of, of Timothy. In Acts chapter 16, I can just read it to you, just a few verses. He says, it says that Paul came to Derby, which is not too far from his hometown of Tarsus, and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewess, she was Jewish, and a believer. She had come to Christ somehow through the ministry of the apostles. But his father was a Greek, and the fact it doesn't say anything about being a believer is a good chance his father wasn't a believer. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him, and Paul wanted to take him with him as a companion to travel on this journey. And it says that he, as, as verse 4, as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. The churches were strengthened in their faith, and they grew daily in numbers. And this is our history of Timothy. Paul comes to Paul, Paul comes to Derby and then to Lystra, and they say, hey, here's, here's a fine young man. Now, later, when Paul addresses him, it almost sounds like he was converted under Paul's ministry. So we're not sure exactly of the timetable when this might have taken place. But this is a young man who joins, who joins Paul on his journeys. And I want you to think about this as we study this. What we're going to see here is a letter from Paul to a young man whom Paul is discipling. He has poured his life into. He is trained. He is counting on him. He has mentored him. And I want us to think about that. Who are we mentoring today? Who are we discipling today? Who are you pouring your life into? As a, as a, as a, what did Jesus do? He, he, he poured his life into 12 men. One of them he knew was going was, was gonna to turn him in, Judas. He had 70, over 70 disciples. He had a larger group of disciples, but there were 12 that he poured his life into and, and says, you now pour your life into, the, into what I've called you to do. God has called us, friends, as a church. Why do we have the children's church and children's choir? Why do we have Awana and Pioneer Girls on Wednesday night? Why do we have a youth program that will be meeting tonight? And Pastor Gary is right now is leading for us. And those who are working with him, and Casey is working as our ministry assistant. Why do we do this? Why do we spend the resources on this? Because we are pouring our life into the next generation. Who are you mentoring? Who are you discipling? Here's the Apostle Paul, and he poured his life into this, and he's counting on him. And we'll see this as we come to the end of the book. He's one of the few that he can count on to continue this work when he is gone. And so he says to Timothy, my dear, and the word beloved, agape, my beloved son. He wasn't his physical son. Paul was not his physical father. But he said, you're my son in the Lord. We've had a history at this church. Uh, being one of the most significant churches in our fellowship of training pastors and missionaries and Christian leaders. Uh, right now, chairman of the Grace Gospel Fellowship, Matt Amundsen. One before that was Frosty Hansen, both from our church. It's time that we reignite that. Young people, are, are you willing to consider God's ministry? Are you willing to consider that? Are we willing to train them and pour our lives into them? 
Who are we mentoring? Paul says, Timothy, you are my dear son. And he says to him, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to continue this study in Timothy. And we're going to consider what is Timothy called to do and how is Paul going to help him prepare for this. And I hope this is very practical. I mean, if you're here today as a parent, as a grandparent, you've got your charges right there. Who's mentoring your children? Who's preparing your children and your grandchildren and my grandchildren? Are we able to do that? Are we going to step up to that task as parents and grandparents, along with everything else, to pour our lives into, into the next generation? The next generation. And it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough battle. Not going to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Grace, mercy, and peace. Aren't those beautiful words? Come on, aren't those beautiful words? Aren't these words that should describe us as the children of Jesus Christ, family of God? Shouldn't we be gracious? We call ourselves a grace church. That's the fellowship we belong to. That means, you know what? It doesn't mean that we just know what it means to teach grace. It means of all people, we should be the most gracious. Are we gracious? Are we known as gracious people? Grace means unmerited favor. We don't deserve it, but God gave it to us anyway, and we are called to be gracious. Mercy, mercy has this idea of compassion, especially for someone in need. Are we merciful? God looked at us and knew our need and had compassion on us. Had compassion on us and has granted to us shalom, peace. The Greek word is eranam, but the, the Hebrew behind it that Paul would use is shalom, which means well-being and health. Shalom. Actually, the, the Greek root, it comes from the idea of to bring together, to make one. So with those thoughts in mind, I want us to come to the communion table today as a, a humble people, as a thankful people, as a gracious, merciful, and peaceful people to come to this table today and to focus on the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, His body and His blood, given for me. Nobody knows better than me how, less, how, how I don't deserve it. And no one knows better than you. But God was compassion and showed us His grace. And we have peace with God. Romans chapter 5. Now we have peace with God and with one another. I'm going to invite our elders to come forward this time. And we're going to pass the bread out. And remind you, as, the, as it's passed to you, you'll, of course, see it's broken into small pieces. And it represents, the small pieces represent the Lord Jesus Christ, the night he was betrayed. He took the bread and he took a loaf of bread. He broke it. And he says, this is my body. It's given for you. They didn't fully understand what was going on. 
But the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 says, The Lord gave this to me to tell you that we are to continue to do this. It's done all different ways. There's no right way or wrong way other than the fact to recognize it represents God's body, Lord Jesus Christ, broken for us that we might have mercy, grace, and peace from God because of His love. So we're going to pass this to you. Could I ask you just to hold it? And then when the elders come back down, I'll share with them. And we're going to eat this together because we are one body in the Lord. Oops, sorry about that. Wait a minute. There we go. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ also had his sort of last will and testament for his disciples. He did return after the resurrection and spend 40 days with them. We aren't given the details of what he taught them, but we are given the details of the last Passover. Passover celebrated Israel's epic salvation story, just as the cross does for us. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, this is the last Passover. I'm going to eat with you. It's the last meal of the Passover. And I will not eat it again or drink the vine again until I return in glory. And as he gave his instructions to them, just as Paul is going to give instructions to Timothy, what did the Lord want his disciples to remember? After the resurrection, when they reflected back on this last meal where he washed their feet, and he gave them this discourse. And you can read this yourself in one setting, chapters 14 or chapter 13 through chapter 17 of the Gospel of John. But I like particularly what he says in chapter 13. My children, my children. Paul says, Timothy, you're my, you're my dearly beloved son. Jesus says, my children. I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. But a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Not by what you accomplish, not by what you teach necessarily, but first of all, how you love one another. We share this together. Because as a body of Christ, we are called to demonstrate God's love by how we love one another. We'd all like to do it for the whole world. But if you can't do it for those closest to you, You can't do it for the world. It needs to start in your family, with those people you live with, and your community, this faith community, and the Christian community. We are called to love one another as Christ has loved us. We'll eat the bread together, and then we just have a moment of quiet prayer and thank God for His love that we can share with one another. Let us eat the bread together. Our Heavenly Father, we do love you, even when we don't act like it, even when we maybe go a whole day without paying much attention to you. 
we just come together on this, the Lord's Day, and in humbleness and thankfulness, want to tell you, we do love you. We love you because you first loved us. And may that love be evident to all, how we treat one another, with our differences, how we treat one another, that the world may know that you came. Amen. We're going to share the cup now. And that's because on that Passover meal, there actually were several cups that were shared as part of the tradition and part of the story. And it was after one of those cups that the Lord said, this, this cup of the vine, it represents my body and then now my blood that is going to be shed for you to cover your sins. As we pass this cup today, as you hold it for a few moments and just reflect on it, it simply, it represents God's love poured out through His blood for our salvation. Apostle Paul said to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, his final words to his apostles, his disciples, he said this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And I will take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Actually, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he went on to say these words that I love so much. Peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I'm going away. I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. But I have told you now before it happens. So when it does happen, you will believe. Peace. Peace I leave with you. We have peace with God. It's through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are at peace with God and one another this day. Let us drink this cup. And would you just hold it for just a moment? You can place it in the thing when we're done. But just hold it for a moment of silent reflection that we have peace with God. Let's drink together. Our Heavenly Father, we are told that what we have just shared in was to represent the death of our Lord Jesus Christ until He returns. This is a celebration of His death. But the empty cup reminds us once again that the story is not complete without the empty tomb. Victory of death over life and over sin 
that we might have life more abundant. And we give you thanks this day as God's people and all of God's people can say together, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This morning before we... um, Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to use this one too. I want to invite James O'Brien up. James, come on up here. And we wanted to just have a word of prayer with James because sometime this week, Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday, James is going to be leaving us. And uh, tell him what you're going to do, James. Uh, so I'm going to be going and be youth pastor with uh, Mick and Andrea Robinson in Maslin, Ohio. Oh, nice. oh. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what church is that? Uh, Grace Bible Church. Grace Bible Church. So, when are you leaving? Uh, I'm going to leave Tuesday uh Hopefully in the morning. And your your itinerary is? So I'm going to drive down to Portland, see grandparents and, uh, you know, people down there for a day maybe, and then drive down to California where I was. I have a bunch of stuff in storage in in, uh, Ridgecrest, get that, and then uh, drive weather permitting through Colorado and see my aunt. If not weather permitting, then through New Mexico and Texas. So it's like 3,800 miles. Okay, that's not with a. Yeah, and tell, and tell what happened to your arm there, James. So last week I was uh, doing some landscaping um, and ended up going off uh, embankment and landing on the curb and popping my elbow out of joint like by about an inch, which apparently was impressive to the doctor. So go harder, go home, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to pray for James. We just want to have a word of dedication prayer. Uh, James is one of our young men uh, from our youth program here at our church, and he has served to God faithfully in very many capacities in youth work. And he's going to continue that now back in Ohio. And we want to pray for safety as he travels. It's sort of a one-and-a-half-armed uh, job here with his truck. And, uh, you know, youth, youth leaders are a unique group of people, right? Amen. And you know how I know that? Last Sunday uh, evening, um, they had a special get-together in here, evidently, right, Gary? Yeah, and they played some games. And, you know, we like, this is not a museum. This is our place of worship, but we let the kids use it too. And they, I don't know what you guys were doing, but I just happened to notice, oh, I don't know yeah. if you saw this, Mark, uh, something got left here, uh, from, <laughs> so, uh, something got left here from the youth, ga- youth gathering last week. So Gary, you can have this back. That's Good gross. job. Okay. <laughs> you should kick him. Um, and I just want to say like, I, you know, with the message this morning and, um, Hold that up to your mouth. so, oh yeah, sorry. Um, I just really want to challenge you guys to the message of investing in the lives of teens, um. I would not be going to Ohio and serving in youth ministry if it wasn't for this church. So, um, tears, you know, say a little bit of tears of, you know, sadness leaving, but tears of joy because this church, like, um, even if you're to help with the youth, um, you don't need to like necessarily go and, you know, play with broken foot pieces and, and things like that. Um, it could be something as simple as, um, I remember Bertha Tuvi, for those that remember her, she made an impact in my life because she simply, um, singled me and, and another person out for whatever reason and said, you know what, I'm going to write letters of encouragement and pray for me. And um, so doing things like that, you don't have to show up and be crazy in games or whatever to, to make a difference in the lives of people. And so many people here have opened up their, their homes and lives um, in so many ways. I, I'm not going to even start naming names because I'd have to name like a huge list. And um, but I just thank you guys and, and keep doing that. Invest in the lives of teens and the children. It makes all the difference in the world. So. Thanks. Thanks, James. Gary, you want to come up and pray? Lead a prayer of dedication. And we just want to pray our God's blessing on James as he continues. And we look forward to hearing good things, James, from your work. I'm excited. Yeah. Lord bless you, friend. 
God, we thank you so much for James and his passion and his desire to, to serve you and to serve youth. We pray that as he heads out this week, as he drives, as uh, you just give him safety on the road and his time with family will be a blessing and just a, a sweet time to, to connect. And we pray for this ministry that he is jumping into, that uh, you're working in the lives of these students already, that you're preparing James with the the ways in which he can impact not only the students that are already in the church, but the students in the schools and their friends. And we pray that this will just be an incredibly fruitful ministry. We know the ways in which he has already been working and serving you in so many different ways. And, and Lord, we know that you will be faithful. And so uh, help him to know that we are supporting him, that he, that we are joining him in ministry through our prayers and our and our concern for him as well and we just pray that your word will go forth through the work that james does now pray this in your name amen amen so james you come out with me and you guys greet him and remember we have a retiring offering god bless you thank you for coming today join us again next sunday come on james